Welcome back to Cruise Control. It is Wednesday, September 27, 2023. Welcome to Cruise Control, the home of entertainment news. I am your host, as always, Brian Cruz. Welcome back, everybody. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. It's going to be a good day, everybody. And welcome back, as always, my lovely co-host, Miss Sabrina Vittori. Sabrina, welcome back to the program. How are you doing tonight? I'm wonderful. How are you? Doing well. Happy hump day. How's your day been? Uh, uh, my day has been good, I guess. I had a really busy day at work. Yeah. Glad to be home. How was traffic? I know that's always the bane of your existence on uh, a day of the week. Made it on time this morning, so that's a plus. Mm. Nice. Well, welcome to Wednesday's edition. Happy to have you here as always. And, you know, we don't have Sean back, but we do have Mr. Mike Casey. Mike, welcome back to this hump day edition. How are you doing tonight? Hi, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me back. Sean's not here, so I got to say it. It's Wednesday, and if it's Wednesday, I got to be here with you guys on Cruise Control. Thanks for having me. There you go. (laughs) There you go. You're right, Mike. Uh, That's what Sean would be saying if he were here. He'll be back. He's here in spirit, though, right? He'll be back, and Mike's got his official Cruise Control mug. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Ty. Hey, what's up, Ty? Welcome, welcome. Hi, Colossus Rex. And, uh, and joining us for the very first time. Now, he's been in the chat before. He's a great friend of ours, friend of the show, Emmy-nominated actor. He's also a writer. He's also a producer. And he has his own podcast, too. And a director. And a director, too. And he's got his own podcast, The Frank Mink Show. He's co-hosting that. Everybody, welcome. Give a very loud welcome to Mr. David Goldsmith. David, welcome back Woo! to Cruise Control. Multi-hyphenate. Hello, hello. How are you? How is everybody? Waka waka. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Thanks for being here for the first time. No, it's the greatest experience I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> it's going to get even better. Let me tell you, I'm not lying. It's going to be a good night. It's going to be a great night. we got lots hey, to talk yeah. about. Yeah, the warming gels just starting to warm up. So we're in good shape here. <laughs> but there's been a lot going on. And, like, of course... Everyone knows we've been talking about the strikes, the strikes, the strikes. We talked about WJ has a deal now, and there's a lot happening with SAG-AFTRA, and there's just a lot of news going on with the strikes and with the industry because of everything that's been happening. We're all going to have some fun tonight, talk about other things. But because of these strikes, we have a lot of breaking news. Let's get it. Holy shit. talk about i'm gonna call it expend four bowls we talked about before expendables four but expendables came out uh and guys it didn't do too well if you're a fan of this franchise it just keeps going downhill every time a new movie comes out it made 8.3 million dollars opening weekend now with a budget of 100 million dollars like Whoop, whoop, it's not good for uh, Sly Stallone there. And the last one's Expendable 3 made $15 million opening weekend. And the second one made $28 million. The first one made $34 million. So it just kept going downhill every time. So if, keep making some more. I, I know. That's, I mean, $100 million, you got to stop making these things, you know? Just like Hulk Hogan said, he had to hang up the boots, brother, because he couldn't <laughs> keep wrestling. Because Hulk Hogan's back in the news. Just a brief thing. He got married again for a third time. Oh, so picture. Yeah. And apparently she said, hey, ask me on a date. They went on a date. They fell in love, 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 love. As I say, Sabrina, they're in love. But uh, he's seven years old. She's 45. She's a yoga instructor and helping him out the Hulk shack there in Florida. They got married in Clearwater, Florida. So Expendable 4 definitely fought and fought bad. Yeah, it did. Colossus Rex didn't do well. But Hulk Hogan, though, had to hang up the boots. But I'm happy he's in love again after this is his third marriage. So uh, I'm happy that he's doing pretty well. This is the the last one. This is the real one. You think this is the real one, Mike? You think this is going to be... This one's for love. This, this one's for love, love, Mike. Give me your best Hulk Hogan, Mike. She's pretty hot. Oh, yeah, bro. Really Wait, that's not Hogan. That's that's, uh, that's Randy that was Savage. Macho Man. I can't. I can't yeah, do, I can't do Hulk. Yeah. I'm only a Randy Savage. 
at heart. They're similar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him, too, because Hogan really has been a figure in entertainment. I'm surprised he's only 70. I thought he was much older than that. So I can keep going. That's for sure. Only 70. Only 70. I hope I'm oh. saying that when I'm 70. Yeah, right. Only yeah. 70. Yeah. 70, and that's what he said too, Goldie. He had a little statement that came up on the whole thing, and he said, you know what, brother? 70 years young and happier than I've ever been. Uh, yeah, there's my Hulk Hogan. If it was a Friday, I'd be drinking, but you know, you know what do you do? You should just drink now. Just make it standard. <laughs> Don't do impressions. <laughs> but Hulk Hogan getting married and something else that might be happening? I don't know. They're at, I mean, it's the deadline saying that, that SAG after next week will officially go back to negotiations with the AMPTP, but I got this information from deadline, and then right after it came out, SAG after actually emailed all the SAG industry and they said to the members, they said, hey, if you've heard anything online, don't believe it. It's hearsay unless we say it. So is it happening next week? I really don't know. I do know that we did vote to have a strike against the video game industry because right now the contract's been up for almost a year, everybody. Almost a year they've been waiting to get a deal and they keep pushing it and negotiating and negotiating and finally they ask for a strike authorization. I'm like, how long does it have to take for this to actually go down? Apparently a year in the video game world. This is, of course, voiceover artists have been talking about the same thing we've been talking about the other stuff you know actual pay and ai taking over their jobs it's a big deal for them too just like for the theatrical contract so hopefully they can work this out but the vote came through and uh 98.3 percent said yes let's strike now of course it's only like you know, there's 34,000 people that voted out of, you know, over 100,000 membership. Only like 25% of the membership actually voted again because nobody votes. Everybody complains. So like, voting out there and vote. Do something about it. Help. Of course, everybody's still saying, let's do this. But come on, let's vote. And, and Fran Drescher said, I remain hopeful that we'll be able to reach an agreement that meets members' needs. But our members are being exploited. And these corporations have to pay. So there's Fran Drescher standing up for us again. Are we surprised about this? I mean, in lieu of all the other strikes, like Sabrina, are you surprised they didn't strike earlier? Because every Everyone's already got their strike happy right now. Why did they wait until after these deals are going down to finally have the strike against the big top 10 video game industry members? What do you think about this? Uh, that's a good question. It does seem uh, odd. I, I don't know why, with all the solidarity, we wouldn't just kind of jump in there and do it at the same time. Um, yep, about to answer Colossus Rex. Uh, the strike is over for the writers, not for the actors. SAG is still currently striking. We haven't sat down to negotiations again yet. So uh, the writers can go back to work. So late night television will start up again. Like there'll, there'll be things that can still happen, but not, uh, you know, nothing that's going to include SAG after actors. So uh, we're still kind of in the midst of it. But, you know, they, people think uh, that, uh, you know, this it'll be a, a, a roll downhill type of situation. So hopefully they'll do, you know, a, a week of solid negotiations with SAG and be able to get it together. However, you know, the SAG's issues are a little bit more uh, intense than than uh than the writers uh with with ai and things like that so i, I don't know it's hopefully i'm hoping that we'll, we'll be working in the in the new year honestly yeah and as we said before like of course it's ratified to the point where also hi mel and bradley thanks for coming back welcome back to cruise control thanks for being here uh, yeah, well, you said before, it's like the writer's strike went th went through, they got the deal, the oh, board sorry. got it, the board passed on the membership. Now, I think in a week or so, they're actually going to vote and ratify it completely, but they had a clause in there saying they could go back to work and start actually moving forward, because they know they're going to ratify it. People are going to vote for this, I believe, but what do you think about this, David? Do you think that uh, this is uh, surprising you that they're just doing this now, or do you think that the uh, SAG after should have done this earlier and actually said, let's just strike while the iron's hot with the first strike? Well, I mean, look, I, I've said this before to many of my colleagues and friends, and now to you, the web. Um, you know, the reality is it's all about negotiation, and negotiating is a tough game. And the NPTP has the dragon lady, Carol Lombardi. 
that's the bottom line. I've actually sat in the room with her. I've been through negotiations before. I've been a member of IATSE for 35 years and a member of SAG since 1985. I've been down this road a lot. And I will tell you that she didn't prepare on the level that I think she's used to. Um, I think she had this all figured out. And then the AI element came up and I don't think she fully understood it. She's, you know, the kind of person who is really good at negotiations, really good at law, but probably can't set the clock on the VCR back in her day. So, <laughs> you know, anything else that's modern. And I think AI is a subject that just kind of maybe she didn't understand to its degree that it needs to be understood. And so this yeah. is a caveat. And I think smartly to Fran Drescher, um, you know, and, and membership and leadership in Screen Actors Guild, for sure, they're using it as the leg to stand on. Because honestly, up against Carol Lombardi and the MPTP, there's not much you can do. We all have to work. The industry is not going to come to a screeching halt over nothing. But this is something. And it, it, it's something for reasons that actually none of us can comprehend. It, really, you, you could even be an expert in AI. And, and the reason is, is because the world is the oyster for AI. And, and we don't know. So how do you put guardrails up against something that we don't truly understand? And that's where we're going to have, uh, you know, it's a fart in church right now, man. I don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> it could go any way you're right and yeah like Nolan was talking about it too it's like the the thing is about these strikes goldie i get it it's it's, it's just like un the territory with ai is so we're not really sure what's going to happen with it we're not sure how developed three years from now it could be a crazier different thing and that's why some of the standards they have in this wga contract are great and i can't wait to talk about that tonight but yeah i mean it's 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 just wild right now this is this is a weird time in the industry mike what do you think about this do you think that the the voice actors should have to be striking right now over video games or do you think that this is something that you know they shouldn't do because people are ready to get back to work right now i don't know are they they're just are they're just piggy piggybacking off the existing headlines if that grants them more uh more eyeballs than they may have had otherwise then go for it i know that the uh amputee likes to they they try to hold out as long as they can uh, I think you guys have much more salient uh, views on this than, than I could possibly have. Um, I, I got nothing for you on this. <laughs> Goldie kind of just Goldie wiped gotcha. the floor with everybody. We've yeah. got all the knowledge that we could have. <laughs> for fuck's sake, I got something else. So, <laughs> okay, here we go. Good to you. <laughs> there is something else, though, that I, I failed to mention, which is really important for everyone to understand out there. And that is... For the Writers Guild, the AI issue is really simple to solve, right? You can't give credit away to inanimate objects. So it's pretty easy to come up with a contract and address AI. You know, AI, for whatever it's worth, cannot replace the author, even if it's authored yeah. by AI. Pretty easy to say, hey, if you want IBM to write the script, that's fine. But, you know, Steve Schultz's name's going to go on it, right? And that's okay because Steve's going to get the money, not IBM. So, that's easy. But with AI for actors, it's completely different. And a human being's likeness and the sound of their voice, et cetera, you know, that is a motherfucker for them to tackle. And, and that's the leg that's being stood upon. My personal opinion is that it's a strong leg. It's going to get broken because, unfortunately, it's not something that anyone can truly understand. I think some guardrails will be put into place uh, that will do something. Uh, really, we need to get back to work. We need to get back to work yeah. in industry. We need to get back to work as a country. We need to get back to work for the country because we are in that weird place where we make a vaccine, so to speak. You know, what we do is something that the, the, the people thrive from, you know. And I, if I remember being on set one night, three o'clock in the morning in the rain, 
And I was uh, listening to people complain about this work and, oh, my God, it's not like we're curing cancer. And I have to say we're not. And, and the film industry never has. But I know people who have suffered from that insidious misery. And having a TV on in the background sometimes can get you through a whole bunch of bullshit. So we don't cure disease, but we're right there along for the ride. And what we do is important. And it speaks volumes about who we are as a people. And we've got to get back to work, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Well said, Goldie. Here, yeah, here. hell yeah, Goldie. And Have that's why I like. <laughs> I just would like to raise one quick point that I did mention that SAG had more uh, pressing issues with AI. So, yeah. I, I, I set you off on that foot, bud. And as Milton saying in the chat, though, too, like most AI generated people look really bad and stuff, but they have been doing Crazy. that too. It worked on WandaVision. On WandaVision, they scan everybody. There was never background on set one time and they just put them in later. So Marvel's been doing that That's for a crazy. while. And so I sometimes. Not, I couldn't tell that. Yeah. I couldn't tell that. I had no idea. Yep. As like, long as you get paid. I, they're like, I don't, I, I don't, I guess I don't pay attention that much. Like, I, I never, I've never been like, those are fake people. Like I've been like that's a fake set or like out that window is definitely not New York City. You know what I mean? But I've I've ne I've never like noticed fake people. I didn't even really know it was a thing. I have. I mean, That'd be crazy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of. I mean, well, you're getting all the praise in the chats. Yeah. All Hi, the praise. Everybody. Thanks, Thank Ryan. You. All right. <laughs> You're, you're not the only one who's not paying attention, Sabrina. I, I referred to the AMPTP as the amputee a moment ago. Nothing. Not a, just crickets in the chat. I almost said it, but I let you slide. I let you slide. I was like, amputee? Because of all this, though, everybody, so we've, nice. we've had not a lot of content, though, right? There's been so little content, but because the writers are coming back, Late Night's going to start back up, everybody. Oh, late Night's sorry. coming back. We're talking about Stephen Colbert. We're talking about Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, you know, all them Seth Meyers are all coming back on Monday. And they're all going to start Strike back Force up. Five. Strike coming Force back. 5 is coming back. They said, my writers in real, or actually, they said the mission is complete. The founding members of Strike Force 5 will return to their network television shows on Monday. And also, Bill Maher's coming back on Friday. So he ended up delaying right. a week after all this strike stuff, too. Okay. And he said, and he said, my writers in real time are back. See you Friday night. And it is, so everyone's coming back. Even it's so, it's great. It's great because people need television right now. And like I said before, with uh, with the, a the AMPTP and WJ strike being done, these writers are going right back to work. And this is the first thing you're going to see. All that Drew Barrymore show and all of them are going to start back next week, too. So you'll see all your talk shows come back and everyone will get back to work. Then you have to wait for the actors actually to get going. But talk is coming back, which is pretty crazy. Uh, it's good. It's good. They're finally moving forward. And that Strike Force 5 was awesome. It really was. Sabrina, are you excited about this coming back? You excited to have some, some uh, Jimmy uh, Kimmel back in your life or what? Uh, I do love a good monologue. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I, I, it is what it is, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be with it. I'm happy to be without it. That's kind of how I get my news. Like a lot of times, like instead of, you know, in, emerging myself in depressing shit, like, oh, I like the shot. Hey, everybody. Um, yeah. So like, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm glad that they're going back to work. I, I I'm still, I don't know. I, I just kind of, I a little bit wish that. We could just wait till everything was resolved. But, you know, I, I'm glad that all of these people on all of these sets get to make a paycheck again because it's, you know, really, really, really exhausting to not be able to earn a living for, you know, all of these months. So I'm, I'm happy for everyone that uh, works on these shows and that they can get back to work, honestly. Yeah, it's 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 I mean also, it's know, great. And like Goldie great. was saying before, it's like people need to get back to work. It really goes a long way. No. So 
I'm just Sorry. happy that this is happening. Mike, what do you think? Are you surprised that they're jumping right ahead and getting right back to work? Or do you think that this is just something that was just bound to happen? I'm sorry, Brian. I don't mean to cut you off, but they're not going to be able to pro promote any new movies. They oh, can't. yeah. They still cannot do any promotion because that's a SAG thing, not a writer's thing. Yeah. Well, they, um, no they actors. can promote the movie, but no actors can do it. Yeah, well, they could bring the hair and makeup the in. They could bring in the actors can't promote the producers. <laughs> oh, they That's, play, they're already they doing play, that. Yeah, they play a clip, you know, whatever. Yeah, they were doing that before, though, too. They were talking about that, like during promotional times, like trying to do interviews with set deck, set deck and and props people and, you know, wardrobe and just trying to find ways to actually promote these movies because they're been zero promotion right now due to these strikes. So whatever you got to do to make it happen. Mike, are you excited about talk coming back? Late night talk? Yeah, I guess so. It's it's like Sabrina <laughs> says. It's a little bit disappointing that they're that they're not waiting. Like, because maybe we are close. Uh, I don't know. I haven't. I I tend to be kind of a podcast guy, uh, but I haven't uh, tuned into Strike Force Five at all. Did they? So I mean, good. That's a that's a shit ton of talent in one in really one is. spot. I know that uh, they were intending to have conan in there to at least do some guest spots which didn't happen but he probably would have read him the riot act on getting started too early so maybe that's a reason why yeah well they didn't have bill maher in there that's that's for sure uh <laughs> and he was going against with that that's he was actually saying I'm, I'm going back so goldie are you surprised that they're doing this before the actual deal is signed and done or does this make sense to you that they would jump right back in it makes perfect sense because the entire industry is fueled by advertisers is fueled by money and so people going back to work represents money. Uh, you know, the, the, the goal to have solidarity, the goal to, you know, stand up for what's right. Yeah. Okay. People have mortgages. People have lives. These crews have endured tremendous hardship waiting for jobs to return. So the late night shows are going to be missing the element of guests. Uh, you know, Bill Maher recognized that. That's why he did what he did. Um, honestly, I think people jump down people's throats for so many reasons and the importance of what we're going through right now, really, it's, it's just about labor. It doesn't matter what the industry is. We're seeing it with the car, uh, employees and the auto workers. It's 100%. about labor. It's about labor. It's yeah. about the, ca the chasm between what the people that are paying us are making compared to what we make and standing up for that's right. And I feel bad for Bill Maher. I totally understand what he did and where it came from don't feel too bad engine. Oh, i do i do you know <laughs> i do i do i feel actually i mean and i can't wait for everyone to start bitching about this i actually feel bad for drew barrymore i mean i feel bad because they made a misstep there's no question they did the wrong thing but it was also misguided to a degree because it was coming from the right place bill maher doesn't need the money he's worried about his people he's worried about his staff he's tired he's everyone's fatigued and they looked for a way around it and that wasn't the right thing to do, and I totally disagree with them doing it. But I understand why. I think it came from the right place ultimately, and it, it's it's a rough time in our industry. He also said that, like, but he also said that, like, all the things that they were asking for were, were kooky and like it, like it's a, a, it's too much, and that they're not striking at the right time, and like all yeah, this other he, dumb shit. He totally mm -hmm. fucking doubled down to try to support his decision to get back to work, which was wrong. Like I said, it was wrong. But I feel bad because I know that the intention behind it was to get the people that are on the show working again and money flowing back. He got a he got a lot of headlines for it. I mean, it could have been it could have been a cynical ploy. Sure, oh, it could have so been one one group of people working though is not helping the cause. It's like, it's it's weakening it. Like it's it's you know, like misplaced. I mean, I don't know. I, I get it's your people and you want your people to do things. No, like, I get it. No, I, but like it's, say, it's hurting it's, the cause. I totally agree. It's a different perspective. We all you know. 
Mm-hmm. Bill Maher, he's got his own way of saying things. We all do. And that's cool. I would say, based on what I imagine was going through his head, was, hey, you know what? Nothing's fucking happening for months. I'm going to fucking yeah. kickstart it. Yeah, we're at a standstill. So, yeah. We're so, you know, for me, it, it, you know, for your listeners, my opinion of that is I don't know that that was the wrong thing to do in its idea, in its practice. It was stupid. And I feel bad mm-hmm. because I think it came not from a place of my 14 people on my crew have to get back to work. Of course, that was a motivator. I think it was just the fatigue of not being able to get back to work because we were at a stalemate for seemingly no real reason. And I think it was just a way to kickstart. I think that's where Drew was coming from, too. I, I say, like, I know these people. But the point is, I think it was coming from a place to be <laughs> But disrupted. don't you? That's a long story, Sabrina. Uh, <laughs> you know, the bottom line is, is, is it's, it's just it's about being disruptive, which I think actually ultimately could be a good thing. Was it Very the true. right thing? No. But, part, you know, it's pretty amazing. We did come to a res- resolution rather quickly after the two of them did what they did. It's... I was going to say, it's so crazy, right? It's like but the next that week. Wasn't the force majeure, sir? Like, wasn't that what that was? It didn't have anything to do with Bill Maher or Drew Barrymore? Uh, wasn't that God, a thing? Like, you really want to talk about force majeure? I'm just saying, like, you gave me a whole lecture about wait, it. Now wait, you're... Well, we got, we got to save some more for our last topic, though, Goldie. Wait, 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 hold on. Look. Hold on, I'm sorry. Are Don't worry. I just wanted to... No, I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, you did that, but pre-show, pre-show. Um, <laughs> After so... show. Uh, about, I just want to address Milton Bradley, Colossus Rex. Uh, uh, they were talking about like you know like what movies are even coming out. A lot of people pushed their films because there couldn't be yes. promotion. So once this is all resolved, a shit ton of stuff is going to come out that like was supposed to come out and that they helped. You know what I mean? Um, because of the the fact that actors could not promote the films, um, so that's a big thing. And then also, uh, I, Lord Dracula. I'm not sure if this is a, a question or if you were just saying this you know, yeah, um, yeah i think it's a statement that they, they try to keep them going yeah, and then did. they got especially drew barrymore there were other shows like question. the talk and jennifer hudson that went down and they didn't get the heat that drew barrymore got because she was the first person to move forward yeah and so you know it is it's it, like sabrina said yeah it does it can hurt negotiations but people have been suffering for a yeah, long also, time yeah so course, i would I, I want everyone to be able to work but it's just yeah. like it, it's there's if you have some things going and other things not going, like it's not a standstill, they're still making money and, and it puts it puts you in a place where you don't have as much bargaining power, yeah. you know? I I doubled down. What they did was wrong. But I do feel bad because I think it came from a place not to be. Uh, yeah. yeah. Especially Drew Barrymore. I think hers 100% was even more so. She was like, she had that video she put out where she was like crying on TikTok or Instagram too. She's an actor. <laughs> That's true. Check it right, check it right down, too. Yeah. It wasn't like... It, was, it wasn't like Amber Heard tears. I'm, I'm just saying, you know? I'm just, it, wasn't, it wasn't that level. I'm just saying. I, yes, it was sincere. It was sincere. They sincerely fucked up. But I do think that it came from the right place because ultimately you can't look to a bunch of actors and performers and comedians to be the moral standard in business practice. You, you just can't. It's a stupid thing. Yeah. That's like asking a steamroll yeah. driver to do your fucking facelift. It's stupid. But the thing <laughs> is, it's coming from the right spot. I think Bill Maher is a douche, and, I, and, I, and I, I like his show, actually. I've watched him for years, and I don't agree with everything he says or where he's coming from. I think yeah, he's very I, Yeah, I'm in the same boat. 
He is. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't think he's a harmful character. I think he can be, and because people are fucking. I think he's way. And Drew Barrymore was crying. But the thing is, right, but you know, but she. I think it was more for her. It was more than him. Like he, I think she was way more empathetic about the whole situation. He was just like, she fuck is. it, you know. She, she yeah. is, or at least her delivery of that. You would definitely know. Yeah. Well, it is time to get back to work. It is Goldie. It's time to get back to work. And someone that is harmful and maybe getting back to work very soon is John Wick because John Wick 5 might be happening, everybody. Uh, you know, the thing is, like, in this last one, you would think that's the end. You would think that's the end. And Keanu Reeves, apparently, after everyone has said, this is definitely time to kill off John Wick. I can't keep doing this. He apparently he told the producers over and over again, the second, the third, the fourth one, he kept saying, hey, guys, can we kill John Wick off? I'm getting too old for this. He says, and apparently he's like, he busts his ass. So he goes like 120% into everything he does here. Every stunt, all the action, the jumping, the kicking, the John Wickness, like he's in this thing. So he's just saying it's tougher and tougher the older he gets. But they said, we got to leave about a 10% chance of you coming back. Now, it does seem like he meets his demise in this one, but now they're saying they're trying to figure out a way to bring him back again, see if they can work it out with Keanu and make another one come forward. But they said, we all want another John Wick movie. We all want it. It's going to be all hands to try to figure out how we can figure it out. But no, we can't figure out, then we won't be one. If we can't figure out, we won't be one. And that's what it is. No one wants us to do one just for the sake of doing it. So they're not just going to force it upon you, but because of the outroar, people have been saying they want more, how well it does for him, how it's kind of rejuvenated his career to a way that people are like, they see him as this kick-ass action star. I want to say kind of like Liam Neeson got when he did Taken. It kind of happened with him too with this. And I think that people just want to see him do more and more and more of that. And they just don't want that to end. But as you get older, as an actor, it's harder and harder and it's like hard and hard to like make another good movie happen and make it don't, work and make it just be as good as the last one don't turn off the money machine that's the rule right oh my what do you think mike you want it even if all the cartilage is gone from your knees and you're bruised and beaten with with a fake katana uh which is i have to presume that fake katana bruises are his primary complaint uh yeah oh you you can't i I don't even know. He he's he's got enough money. He's going to do whatever is fun for him, and pr probably knowing what seems to motivate Keanu, if he thinks that he's helping out the the crews, the audiences, the people involved, like he's a caring guy. So I honestly actually see him, even if he's like, oh, I'm not in the mood. I'm so beat. Oh man, but it makes so many people happy. <laughs> like maybe I can, maybe I can. Uh, push through one one more of these movies i'm wearing my keanu commemorative puppy hat today that's his uh the the fifth puppy that they, murdered, that they murdered for the fifth movie I, i'm sorry i got i got oh a boy it's still about the dead dog you you have no soul okay if you don't care about the dead dogs you're dead inside okay dead inside, I, I care I about the dead dog for the first fucking movie all right. Clearly not at all. It was a big deal. I mean, that kind of jumpstart everything. He's always been one to retire with his dog. There's always a dead dog. Then he killed Bob. What's her nuts? His dog. Fucking Holly Berry. No, what's Hachi? No. No. We can't even talk. What's Hachi? This John Wick horse shit. Hachi, Richard Gere with the dog and the crying and the bullshit. That's a No, 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 Marley. No one saw that old man. And Lord Dracula, you're right. It was poignant. It was a I great ending for him. Right
<laughs> but Lord Dracula out there, you're right. It was it, if it's a good ending for the character, why are you gonna re- mess it up? And then again, that happens all the time. Like people will see people ask for it and it's making money. Like Mike said, he gotta keep making money, even if it's it. about a dead dog Goldie. It is. I know Sabrina's super excited about John Wick. She loved the last one. Uh, what do you think about this, Sabrina? Do you think that the ending was just a good way to just like send him off into the distance? Like goodbye, John Wick, or are you all about this hearing that there might be a fifth one Let's coming forward? John Wick will never be off in the distance in my life okay he's amazing uh keanu reeves is amazing he's an amazing human being um he like once waited outside of his own fucking premiere for like hours because he waited in line like and then he got to the front line they're like why didn't you just come in and he was like oh everyone's waiting in line like in the ring like he's a nice fucking person and i love that and also aside from loving the fact that he's a nice person john wick is my favorite hands down action series of all time i am obsessed with it and you know why? Goldie? Because of the dead fucking dog. Don't fuck with my fucking dog. I will fucking kill you. And I, I appreciate that he killed every motherfucker in that first fucking movie. And I was along for the ride for the rest of it. Lance was fucking amazing in, in those fucking movies. Um, fucking, it, it's just, it's a, a spectacular cast. It's a weird and fucked up but amazing pre- premise. The choreographed fight scenes are some of the best I've ever seen. Like, it is so, um, and I, I'm so impressed with him and what he's done also. Keanu, like, how in the fuck do you, like, ride a horse and kick the shit out of somebody like that what what how I'm many sorry, people we did you fucking kill after one all the people all the people i, I would kill literally all the people. literally all the, the i would blow up a nation if they kill my dog how many people did it take to kill a puppy don't make me put peppy on my lap because i will okay don't fuck with my fucking dog it's a systemic <laughs> issue <laughs> so goldie are you a fan of john wick though at all do you think this is a good money grab or do you think they should just like you said let john wick die in the grave with his dog no, I mean, I get the first movie. I sat through it. I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm going to kill 37 fucking people over a puppy. Fine. Okay, that's great. But if five of these fucking things? I mean, that's the problem. Yeah, the writers should just stay on strike till they come up with a new fucking idea. <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 no. Listen, I say that all the time. To be fair, like I, oh, I'm, I hate, I hate the fact that people reuse IPs and fucking go prequel and sequel and quadruple. Uh, it's like enough is enough, honestly. However, five movies is a lot of IPness. That's a lot of IPness. It's but they're so good. This last one was so massive IPness. It was so good. I went yeah. to the theater by myself in Florida when I was working. I was like, I have to see this movie. I had to see it. It was fucking great. It was really, really good. So I don't want you to fuck up that ending. However, I promise you 100%, I will be in that theater to watch another one. I, I really fucking will. And it's, that's and not, that's that's not me gonna... normally. Not me normally. This specifically I'm into. Um, Colossus Rex. They did, they, they're doing like a prequel like series called uh, The Continental, Continental. That's out right now. Or just, right. Uh, just started airing. Yeah. yeah. And then there's Sound also the a spinoff uh, called Ballerina uh, based on the girls that were, uh, okay. you know, like the, where... You saw in the, the previous, uh, the third movie that I got an you know, idea. The girls... I I got an idea. What, what, Why don't they do a spinoff? Rex's Revenge, the puppy's third cousin who had trouble nursing. I, I hate you so much. You can go fuck yourself. Take out John fucking Wick. <laughs> hey, it could work, baby. Rex's Revenge had, had trouble nursing. He was. <laughs> He was getting pushed off the sixth nipple by his by his uh, yes. little puppy brethren. Oh, okay, I I'm, I'm, I'm not. I cannot. I cannot. No, that, no. That initial puppy was an asshole. That's what they don't tell you. They don't tell you. Revenge. See it in theaters next November. 
<laughs> there we go. I mean, the, the the sky's the limit right now. They're already doing spinoffs and prequels, so you never know. There might be a spinoff about the dog goal. It might be a great true, spot to right. get true. True. Right. <laughs> there. Which is what I'm saying. It's uh, the the choreo the choreography yes. is fucking amazing. It's great story too that the stuntman actually was his stuntman before in the yeah, Matrix movies, the Matrix, yeah. and he's he, like, "Hey, if you ever have a movie, and just do it, I'll do it." And they did it together, and that's oh. and it became this huge franchise. So, and massive, and they're gonna keep making them. I guarantee, even though the fifth apparently has this has this great ending, like why would you just why would you let just be there, let it live in that moment, and don't ruin that ending? But. Honestly, it all comes down to money. I think a fifth one's coming. It's just like how they're doing a Squid Game reality show, everybody, talking about the money. And you've probably seen Squid Game because a lot of people have. Now they're doing it for real. While they shot it before, of course, talked about there was a lot of problems on filming. People got frostbite. People are going to the hospital. People are getting injured during the filming of this, too. Uh, but now it's actually coming out. The first trailer came out for it, too. And they got 456 contestants going for $4.56 million. And they're getting put in those track suits, getting put out there in those fields with that big doll to play, you know, red light, green light, and all the games, even the falling platforms there too. But the challenge is coming out, and of course, they're still shooting season two. Everything's been delayed because of the writer's strike and the actor's strike, but that's gonna be coming too after this. But this is coming out first, and they're calling it, as they compete through a series of games inspired by the original show, plus surprising new additions. Their strategies, alliances, and characters we put to the test while competitors are eliminated around them. So that's right. There's a squid game challenge coming. So I don't know about this. I really don't like the whole idea is like, you know, you're killing people off. So yes. <laughs> how do you, how do you do a reality show if you're not actually killing them off? That's, that's the question. And because I mean, they can do shoot with paintball guns or something, they're going to just, <laughs> what are they going to do to make this work? I, I really don't know. What do you think, Goldie? Do you think they actually can kill people off without killing I people mean, off? <laughs> you know, I, honestly, the, the, the squid game got me through the pandemic in a lot of ways. I really, I really loved it. Uh, I love everything about it. Uh, but the, the bottom line is for me, you know, to, to the point of uh, of uh, who asked? Who asked? Are they going to kill people? Whoever said in the in the chat, are they going to really kill people? I, I mean, that's what I tune in for. Everything else is a bunch of douchebags, kind of sort of risking it for some money. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not into it. You know what I mean, I, I mean, it's great. The Squid Game, the, the show was was tremendous and and a great window into other cultures and how they see things and how they express themselves. And it was a great eye opener for the ninety percent of Americans that don't have a fucking passport, but you know, the thing is, for a reality TV show, a bunch of fat people from Iowa running around and not getting hurt, eh, I don't know what the draw is. You know, I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see it either. I think that they're kind of. It just seems like it's not something you do. But I get why they would do it though, because as oh, a yeah, studio, sure. you see, oh, there's a game right here. We can actually put the game on, and it'll work, and people can actually compete, and it's it can be fun, and people would love to do it because it's culturally impacted so many people, and it again ties into the COVID stuff. People, two people were watching during lockdown, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But let's watch the trailer together very fast, so everybody can check it out fast. Here's the trailer for the challenge. Attention players, you will now compete for our biggest cash prize in reality show history. You have got to be kidding me. Oh my God. 
$4.56 million. People do a whole That's lot they pay. worse for a yep. whole lot less. <laughs> That's what they pay. The challenge. Of 456 people, that was the best soundbite they had from this fucking show? Are you kidding? Yeah. Thank you, Sabrina. How many <laughs> Sabrina, would you watch this? Do you think it's a good concept for a reality show, or do you think they Depends should just leave this to the TV? Depends on how bored I am. <laughs> Probably not. Honestly, no, I, I agree with uh, what, what all the things that are going on in the chat right now. Like, I totally believe with it. I, I, it just seems so ridiculous. Like, the whole, what made it so crazy and so riveting and so, like, intense was the dynamic of the show. Like, the way that they got people to play the game. Like, the fucking, the whole brother situation was fucking crazy. Like, the rich, it was like, the, the, the whole, like, the, it wasn't the games. Like, the games were... I mean, it was great to watch, obviously, but like the games were secondary to like the the actual fucking show, which you know Lexi uh, had mentioned in the chat, like it's that it's insulting and whatever. Um, and how, how many how many pores are involved? You, you think know, there was a little who, cultural analogy going on there that might have been a little bit more salient than the games they were playing? I mean, I'm just like it's just it, it, oh, I mean, a hundred percent, but not even cultural. Like just like like people they picked people who were uh, you know thieves and fucking uh, had no right. money and like fucking gamblers, people who had debts, like people who like even people who weren't like fucking or pretending to be something that they weren't. Like it was all people who were literally willing to risk their lives for money. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's it's not it's not. Oh, I, I'm gonna go on a reality show. I'm just gonna run and play red light green light and hope I don't get hit by a paintball. Like I don't. I don't it's ridiculous. Like it, it ruins the whole point of the show. Totally. You know. Like but also, uh, you know that aside, the, that that trailer was stupid as fuck. And the <laughs> one soundbite you picked was like, oh, people do a whole lot worse. Like what? Fuck off, dude. Like what do you mean? Like that's what a lot that, worse for the fact a whole that, lot that less. that's what you have from filming however long it took you to film this nonsense. <laughs> also, what are you doing? Like what are you doing? How are you really okay, you know what you're out? She saw red light green light, she saw you move, you're out. You come over here. Come over here, guy. You're out, you're out. Number sixty four, you're out. Come here. Next. All right. You're gonna crawl like fuck off. It's just it's nope. it's it's ridiculous. Honestly. I, I see that, and I live in Los Angeles. If you've ever driven the 405 northbound at 6 o'clock on a Friday night, it's way more fucking risky than that stupid-ass game. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah if you don't live out here, you know. <laughs> Mike, what do you think about this? Would you watch the Squid Game reality show, or do you think this is a hard pass for you? Uh, I think Sabrina makes a very good point. Are we going to get all the the de very desperate backstories of all these people? How, <laughs> which is you know that's not unusual for for our reality TV. We get to hear how their their grandma has cancer, all the everything that they lost in the war. It's like, not America's Got Talent. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. You just, you John Wick's on America's Got Talent. You hear about how he lost his dog. Oh, my dog died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, we're hearing it. Lexi and others have mentioned here in the chat, like, you know, in, in many ways, this series was a was a critique of uh, commodification as a culture and, you know, people, desperate people at that becoming commodified. Um, so even it's on one level, you know, that coming out as a series, but you know, they had a point to make and then to make an actual game show they're they're commodifying the critique of commodification. So if you've ever wondered what, what, uh, what Morpheus meant in the matrix, when he said the desert of the real, 
that's what he meant. This is our <laughs> reality. They, it's an Ouroboros that's uh, twisting back in on itself so that, uh, that we can't tell that they were actually trying to make a point when they made the Squid Games. So, uh, so morally, this is fully repugnant. For me, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch it. This shit's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ex- right. What are the stakes? Like, I mean, $4.56 million. That's like, what the stakes what? are. What? More. It's just going to be a, gonna be a commercial. Egg or- <laughs> Everybody's going to no, tune dude. in for the second season. Dude, the, for red light, green light, a couple people got fucking frostbite or some dumb shit. Like, it's That's not. It means, like, rain it in. Yeah. yeah. Rain it in. We need safety. Safety officers. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm uh, saying, though. Look, it's going to be Versions coming. The Squid Game worked because it was compelling. It was about the dregs of humanity who possibly deserved a second chance yep. up against the evil empire, so to speak. About money, and it was a social commentary. It was compelling, and you fucking died if you fucked up. That's awesome. I mean, I I'll fucking watch that forever. I can't wait for the next one. But Me neither. Oh, we are oh, the problem with society. My name is Marjorie Smith. I, I'm a mother of 12. My uterus hangs out when I run. I hope they don't make me run. Who fucking gives a shit about this? It's ridiculous. Oh, I'm going to get hit with a paintball. Oh, it's a whole lot worse. Fuck you. Yeah. A lot. It's a lot. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see if it's any good, if they can actually capture the that kind of energy the original series had. But then again, but you're right. The stakes. That's, how dare you even say that? That's I mean, insulting. I mean, I, can, I mean, like Mike saying, like, be kind of fun though, right? Mike could be fun. Just depends. I don't, I don't, you know? have, I don't have Netflix anymore. I, I switched it out. I'm doing them a couple at <laughs> a time. It's fun like now. a hangover is fun. It's fun like your uterus hanging out is fun. Yeah, exactly. That's what Running around with that. That's not great. But yeah. a whole lot of people have done a lot worse for $4 million. But like, again, we talked about reality shows just popping in left and right because of strikes. Here's one coming. Another one that's come to uh, Max right now. Everyone's talking about is Naked Attraction. That's right. Naked Attraction is streaming right now. There's six seasons on Max. And it's actually a show that they brought over here. There's a seventh season that's airing right now. I agree. And it's what you think it is. It's naked people. Well, I guess probably, probably don't think it is. It's naked people. You can't see their face. You see everything. Everything else, full frontal, everything out there. You can't see the face and the people ask them questions and judge them. And uh, and then they pick them at the end if they want to be with them. So, yeah, full frontal. You see everything in here. Naked attraction. But it it started. It's a seven. It's a seven year old British reality show. That's where it actually started. And it came out. They did zero advertising for this. They just dropped it. It dropped into their top 10 and their most popular list. People just went crazy for it. You've seen it online. There have been like talk show hosts saying they they binge at home they're loving it so much to people like ben shapiro being like you know this is a natural outcome uh, of society when the only thing that matters is sex instinct and even the parents television council saying this is pornographic it's a new low and demanded that the show be taken off of max streaming service but Richardson says no who's been hosting this show for seven seasons now but would anybody go on this show that's my question goldie if you were single and you were ready to mingle would you go on Naked Attraction and find your love interest? Listen, Brian, I appreciate the question. Thank you very much. I'll let you know. Just don't, it's not fair. I, I'd win, and I, um, I would want to give the contestants a chance. I don't know if I'm the right guy for that particular show. Uh, when you have what I have, um, that's not the I'm not the right contestant. Uh, honestly, I would not go on it. I can't wait to soil some tissues and watch it. 
<laughs> this is not, uh, you know, I'm not a, a candidate for this one. You know, I can't spell the Wheel of Fortune. I'm not a Jeopardy guy because I can't figure out the fucking capital of whatever. But uh, this I can oh, sit through. Mean. Leave me alone. Yeah, uh, uh, um, banger. Three times in the past two days, Augusta, for fuck's sake. That's the problem. But I'm also not good at being naked. Um, so, yeah, I'm not going to be on this. Like I said, I'll, I'll watch the fuck out of it. Uh, I'm quite lonely, and uh, I'm going to enjoy it. Are you surprised this has gone for seven seasons, though, Goldie, that the fact that it's already gone that long? Is that shocking to you? No, I'm not. Have you seen The Average Couple? <laughs> Walk around, baby. Walk around. Let it all out there. <laughs> Lord, well, Lord, Lord, Dracula, Lord Dracula, here's the thing. Yes, you can go online. You can see naked people. <laughs> but you have to say, I'm pooping when you do it. This you can tune in with the whole family. <laughs> it's, it's true. Just, you're tuning to Max. It's right there. Upon. Child <laughs> services might not agree with you. <laughs> Naked <laughs> attraction. Yep. That's 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 what it is. It's on Max right now. Sabrina, are you shocked that this is a, a thing for seven seasons? Or are you like, yeah, this is this makes sense. People would watch this. Uh I mean, obviously people are watching it. They're they're loving it, which is, you know, not shocking considering, you know, people. Um, that being said, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I'm good on this one. Like, I don't, I, I, th I think I'm good. And I, I think it's weird. Like, why would I, uh, I don't know who, whoever thought of this is either some sort of fucking idiot savant or like a fucking, uh, uh, like a, 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 a genius, a genius. I don't understand. Genius. The fucking hard no for me, um, but like oh wow, what a shot! What a shot! Is that Jacob yeah. from uh, the bar? Is that wow. the <laughs> from Giants? Is that where? Oh, I think I know wow. that guy. Thought you said the faces were blurred. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say to clarify, the beginning they start like that and they start oh. doing games and stuff Let like that. Out. Those grapes look and familiar. Those see. Grapes look, I've seen them grapes before. I think they were on Fruit of the Loom somewhere. I don't want to see naked people. I would have loved games. it when I was ten. That's spectacular. There's games, yep. There's games. There's competitions. Oh my god, they should do. There's it no sex though. So. Yeah, there's apparently no. No sex, so happen, they draw yeah. the line at the sex, so that no, doesn't no. happen. They, wait, they draw a line at the sex, so you stand there and like do this. They should do a naked, what? naked edition, so naked helicopter competition. Got a shot. I got a shot. Well, Helicoptering go. is uh, is wow. one of the uh, <laughs> events. Mike, Mike, would you watch his show? Are you shocked by this? Or are you like, yeah, this this is great. <laughs> Those are my two options. Uh, Frank, <laughs> grab your pearls. Grab your pearls. Think of the children. Clutch, uh, clutch your pearls. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> grab your grapes. Then. How about that? Uh, it's a great. The thing. We, uh, like, get newsflash, guys. We're all naked all the time. <laughs> Underneath our clothes, every single one of us is, has a naked body. I could not give two shits about this. Like, is the is the moral uh, majority them coming out of the woodwork? Is that because it's too convenient? If it's on oh HBO, God. like you can't. Like you, it's it's two button clicks to switch an app and get to hardcore porn pornography. Like, you're if if the issue is like let's say uh, the objectification of bodies and the way that that might damage the children. Like, have you seen the way fucking advertising works? Like, it's they they fucked that up in the eighties when Ronald Reagan said that you know the GI Joes didn't have to do a 
do a little lesson at the end of every episode anymore and they could just be straight up toy commercials like i don't i can't care about naked bodies will i watch it i might it it, if people are saying if people are saying that it's yes, cool, well, it's it. horrible, but maybe six I'll watch it. Six seasons are now. They're filming. They film. They're filming the seventh. And and where's it? Britain, England, Where? UK. Yeah. We're glossing over what works about the show, and I've never even seen it. But I'll tell you what works. I love. I love how people are giving us our greatest hits in the chat. <laughs> of course, we all want to see fucking superstars, but that's not what makes the show so great. It's like Larry, the postal worker that has hemorrhoids, right. is on this fucking show. That's what you want to fucking see. These scumbag, crazy fucking lunatics were like, oh, naked, roll dice and play checkers. I want to do that for money. Fuck that. Sounds that's fun. Great. Oh yeah, and maybe find love in the man. That's incredible. It's like, oh, Susan has a skin condition and she loves sailing. Tone in. That's fucking awesome. I don't want to see Gal Gadot. Fuck her. I want to see fucking Susan with fucking a rash, man. That's that's fucking TV, baby. The cure. It could be the cure for the images that we've been projecting to our children. Hundred percent. Y'all gonna super hot. I mean, I would yeah, watch that with the celebrities, but yeah, you're right. The, what they want, that's that too about the breakdown that it made, it made it great because it was all body shapes, all walks of life. Nobody cares. And they were just having a good time trying to find love. So no, but listen, you're thinking about it in, in a way that like, it's like, oh, it's going to be hot people. It's not hot people. It's regular people. Goldie's 100% right. Like yeah. that's like, that's the, that's the thing. And that's, that's why I think people Her. are praising it or enjoying it. It's like, oh, they're making normal bodies okay, like, as opposed to, like, you know, a perfect 10 yeah. coming at you. you yeah, know I mean, I've, so not like, seen, I've not seen the show, but I can imagine it's like a British actor's like, Laura, do you like Steve's nipple hair, or would you pass him up for Larry, who has a limp? I mean, what a fucking idea for a show. Dating, dating, It's like, whoa, I don't like moles. I'm out. You know, whatever. It's yeah, right. You're right. Right away, you're done. You're like, I'm out. Nope. X you. Get out of here. Uh, I don't care about your fucking. The animals. hair is That's too popular. Um, yeah, too much. Another person's yeah. like kind of sexy. You sick? It could be. To each of them. To each of them. It opens up a whole new world for game show. That's all I can say. And, you know, they're loving it on Max. And now if the squid game was naked, I'm tuning in. (laughs) Season two. Season two, they're doing naked as opposed to kids. I've seen Susan with a rash. It's an A+. Just FYI. Well, I got to tell you, the, the streamers are always looking for content, but they're also doing something else. They're forming an alliance, everyone. Probably they're forming they an should. alliance. I'm sorry, they, they, they probably should, but they're trying to get up an alliance together to promote their interest to politicians and to government entities. Now, there was that, and, uh, there was a news station. This all went down because a coalition actually formed uh, of local news stations. And the organization of owners of more than 600 local TV stations were trying to, like, Change the way that streaming deals were negotiated with local TV, and the current there was a current loophole right now where they're able to actually negotiate with the network owners as opposed to the local TV stations. And when that kind of came out, they were trying to push forward some bills. Netflix, Warner Brothers, or I said Max, I mean Paramount Plus, Peacock, everyone started getting on board. Like, hey, we have to actually form a coalition to superside this, so we supersede this, so we can actually get you know governmental control over what they're going to try to do because they don't want the government to come in and regulate their program. I mean, they're saying they're the future. They're also talking about how they've helped push diversity by hiring a lot of people and diversified shows in their content. And if the government's able to control them a little bit, that will all go away, which I think is 
kind of ass backwards. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's more about them getting too big and also regulating this whole Wild West. But they're pushing for the Motion Picture Alliance. They're actually been talking to them, too, about working together so they can get some kind of deal where they can control their rights over the federal government. So this is very new. It just went down. I said, I came down to that local station, was trying to get some regulations. And they're like, no, we don't want this at all. We don't want it this. We, we like the way things are. And they had a poll that came out after they formed together, asking the membership if the government should have some control over them. Like, well, you see, people don't want that. And the poll came forward. They're like, people don't want that. It's like, they, they like what we're doing. So believe them that we shouldn't have any kind of regulation. I mean, this is just, I think this is happening because of all the strike stuff out there, all the negative press for streaming services. And I think that people are saying that they're not, people are getting the cut of the pie. Like we have to all together. This is the first time they've actually all branched together in one kind of cohesive like unit to actually fight against everybody and to form an alliance. So, I mean, it could be something that could change the whole industry going forward, especially again, like I said, like it's a different world, right? Goldie, what do you think about this? Well, I, I just got to say, this is, this is irony at its finest, right? I mean, you're talking about a group of individuals who were just fighting against a guild or a union, people that came together to protect themselves against the evil empire. What the <laughs> fuck are they doing now? The same thing. So the reality is it makes perfect sense. They should. You know, if there's someone that's trying to oppress your ability to succeed in life, you try to combine forces and tackle it, you know, the rebel alliance, so to speak. But there are most of them in the AMPTP already? Like, what the fuck? Yes, but the AMPTP does not have jurisdiction over the internet. And so what they're worried about is they're worried about the FCC and they're worried about all these other entities that are now starting to regulate what does what, where, how, and when, monopolies, and everything in the virtual space. That's part of the A argument that no one's talking about. The reality is, mm -hmm. is that you've got a company like Netflix, which absolutely has a monopoly on the internet. So mm -hmm. they're, wor they're worried about it. They're worried about the government stepping in and saying, hey, you know, give Brian Cruz show, Cruise Control a chance too, and give you an avenue to succeed as well. And that's important. And so they're worried about trying to block that opportunity for everyone and to maintain their status as king of the hill. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it's always going to be. You can't fault them for doing it, but you can kick them in the nuts for trying to fuck with us when we try to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, I mean, you, you make a great point, Goldie. You're right, because they have to worry about their future. It could help other people, too. It could help the smaller people that are doing streaming stuff just like us. It could, you know, get our best interest, because some of those contracts are different than streaming it. stuff. But it, at the long end, it might cause more problems it. for contract negotiations, though, too. It might make it very hairy the next time we come around. It, I mean, it could. I don't know if they, if they end up being like, we don't want to sign something. Thing. Maybe could that battle, like, fight against the AMPTP next contract negotiations? Do you think that could have a factor moving forward, Goldie? I think what's going to happen is a complete reset after this year. I think what my personal opinion is that uh, all of us here on the screen has been touched by the motion picture industry and the entertainment industry. We're all actors, performers, writers, directors, singers, dancers, and yes, sex symbols. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, the reality is, is that it's a fucking... So we should be naked on that show is what you're saying. We're, we're not doing it. Saying we shouldn't. We're too good looking. Stand up, but that's not... Anyway, the point is, <laughs> honestly, what we do is a privilege. And in return for what we do... We should definitely get paid for it, but it is still a privilege nonetheless. And unfortunately, what's happening in the universe with AI, with technology, with the way everything is being distributed, with revenue stream, I just think we're trying to hold on to a system 
that is desperate to keep its its grip on the way it was. And we're going to have to start talking about the way it's going to be. And we're not addressing that with the WGA Guild. We're not addressing that with the Screen Actors Guild. We are literally holding on to a grid that is a, a structure of what was and trying to somehow assimilate it into what is. But unfortunately, it's all going to have to blow the fuck up and we're going to have to figure it out. And honestly, you know, getting $20 million to be the lead actor in a movie those are going to be historical facts and it is not going to yep. be the future. And that is, it's going to be fucking reworked. It has to be, it should who, be. Who do you want at that table, Goldie? Is Do you want it just the streamers represented or like how, how would you see it be more equitably uh, represented mm -hmm. in that discussion? I think it, I think it needs question. to be, I think it needs to be equalized and I think it needs to be a co-op. I think the reality is, is that the, the, the residual structure always sort of has been a co-op. We're going to pay you to do your job, and if it does really well, we're going to keep paying you, and et cetera, and all that stuff. Okay, fine. But it, it, it really needs to – actors and performers need to be of, of worth. They need to get paid, uh, even writers as well, directors, everybody in the arts. When they perform a duty and they do their job and they produce something and they do their job, they need to get paid for it, of course. They need to get paid appropriately for it. I think it's going to be a front-end payment more than a back-end payment. Which right. is actually mm -hmm. better because you can right. hang your hat on it. I don't, um, I don't think it's better. I think it's better in the long run because right now what's happening is as you're an example, not sure you get residuals. Like, isn't it nice to get a check for a couple grand, like for doing nothing? Like, why would 100%. you? But it's the same thing. I would I would say this. It's great that I get paid that, but how many people is it hurting in the process? I'm not saying I'm hurting the companies that have made the money. What I'm saying it's is not hurting the the people who are making a million fucking dollars. It's not, but the future is different, and the future, the way people are getting paid is different. So we need to figure that out, and we need to figure out how everyone gets paid fairly. We need to figure out how it goes moving forward. I don't know that that is, you know, this idea. Name another job on earth where it's like we're going to give you five hundred bucks, none, to, none. Right? and then we're going to keep no jobs, you. no jobs. Never happens. Yeah, it doesn't right. doesn't so, exist. So, it doesn't exist for a reason. It worked before. It worked when we made the TV show and then we put it on the network and we sold a bunch of advertising. And so you're going to get paid on that revenue stream for that show. And then we're going to go to syndication and we're going to pay you for going because your likeness right. is being represented. Okay, that makes sense. Those days are over and they're going to go away faster than a speeding bullet. You've got they're not over. Your likeness is still being reused every single time someone puts your show on Netflix or puts your show on fucking Disney Plus or puts your show that's anywhere. Not, that's not what's going away. What's going away is the way people get paid for doing that. The way a producer will get paid for producing their content. I mean, the reality is there's a lot of feature films that go direct to streaming, a lot, and they don't yep. have multiple. They don't have multiple lives. They're bought and paid for by Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, whatever. Right, but they, they get don't produced. get residuals. Like that is what all this is about. I mean, a, a large portion, you, huge part. How do you? Keep paying people for something when there's no new revenue streams to justify payment. They're Therefore, making a shit ton of money on well, subscriptions, not on your show. And that's who cares? It's still my, maybe my shows made the people have subscriptions. That's there might be some, be some sort of a fucking game. There might be some guidelines for this now that we have the deal details from the, the WGA strike that have uh, come forward. And that leads me to our featured story of the night.
everybody, just because we're getting so into it right now, I figured I'd break this down because a big thing really moving forward with the WGA deal is about this whole topic right here. It's about residuals. So, okay, let's talk about the residuals for writers now. So writers, because of this whole thing we we're just talking about, they're like, well, you know the numbers, we should give a cut of this. Well, they decided to do a bonus now. There's gonna be a bonus for writers for new shows on all the streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, all this. But it depends on the success. They're saying if 20% of the subscribers are watching this content, then a bonus will go out in the first 90 days, this is. Then the, the bonus will go out to the writers involved. It's a TV show, the bonus is between $9,000 and $16,400. If it's a movie, the bonus is $40,500 for a feature film. That's the kind of residuals they're talking about. But they're talking about a narrow window within 90 days of it first pulling on the platform. And then it's a cut that way for those 90 days and then it's done. So it's not a long-term residual thing, but it is a way for writers to get paid. I think the idea is it might be something they'll propose to actors too somehow. We're gonna have to wait to see about this. But that's a big bonus that's gonna be moving forward. Something else they were talking about was the writer rooms. So the writer rooms that were pulling for six writers in the room. They wanted it for the green light, the pre-production stuff all the way through. They wanted them on set and they wanted six. Well, now they made a deal where it'll be three if it's six episodes or less for a TV series. You have three writers, all right? And now if it's a movie, you're gonna have six. But if it's a television show of six and under, three writers and one can be the showrunner. All right. And they're guaranteed at least 10 weeks of pre-production moving into the production. And if during the green lights uh, process, if the script doesn't get picked up, of course, there's no job. If it does get picked up, those writers are guaranteed jobs on the series moving forward. So that's big. But now let's say if it's a seven episode series, right? So if it's seven episodes to 12, they need to have five writers on board. Now, if it's 12 or above, it has to be six writers on board. So they got their six, but it has to be for one of the bigger shows, which kind of makes sense because if you have more than 12 episodes of course you're gonna need more writers to be doing more episodes for the producers for them it kind of works out i think now for those shows like white lotus or you know that are like a one-off so we have one writer and that's it those are still being allowed solo writers for those projects but it can only be one writer that's their idea they create they're the showrunner that's going to be doing all the scripts and then there's no other writers involved with that so that's those are big moves because they were going back and forth with this trying to figure these things out another big thing they were trying to figure out was the ai and with ai they broke it down they got a lot of wins here, I think. So overall, AI cannot, like as Goldie was saying too, they can't write or rewrite literary material. They can't actually, a writer can't be forced to use AI at all. Now, if the production has it and they decide to use it as a utensil to the writer, they can use it, but the writer can say, no, I don't want to use it. It protects the writer completely. And uh, WGA reserves a right to assess if there's exploitation of the actual writer, if they're actually using that writer's content to feed the AI to learn, that is forbidden. And if they find out there'll be restrictions, WGA is supposed to control that. And there's also little things like, like teams, like teams. So there's a lot of writing teams and the big their big problem with that was health and pension. So they're saying that, well, you know, on paper, a writer gets X amount of money. And so if I'm doing the series, I'm not getting healthcare because I'm only getting half of that because there's two of us. Well, on the books, you're a writer, you're gonna get the full amount of money as if you were a single writer on that production. Now that you're a co-writer, now you're still getting paid half the money. They're still splitting between the two of you, but on the books for pension health, you're getting paid as if you're a single writer for the whole production. So you'll get your health cool. and pension benefits. So that was, a, that was a, a huge win. I thought that was really great. And also if you're doing drafts, if you're a feature writer, uh, they're actually giving you a rewrite now. It's, it's written to your contract, even if it's like a, 
uh, an adaptation. That was a big thing. Apparently adaptations and reboots, they didn't want to pay for uh, rewrites. They're like, no, we don't want to do that. But that went away after well, how many months of uh, strikes? I said, okay, cool. If even it's a reboot or something like that, then we will still pay you for another draft and that's written into your contract. So I know it's very confusing. There's a lot of facts that have come forward, but I think that residual basis in 90 days when it first comes out, they're saying that's for the big stuff, the big projects. And of course that covers most of their direct to streaming releases, theatrical movies or you know television series. So they'll be getting paid for that 90 days, depending on if 20% of the viewership is there and they're supposed to release information to wga but that's a little bit hairy too because everyone's like show us the numbers and they said well they're gonna release it to wga committee and the front people but it's not necessarily going out to everybody and it's like discretion based when they can actually release those numbers to their actual talent so a lot, a lot of big updates on the contract and i see why they signed it i see why it went through i think it is a lot of wins it did hurt a lot of people a long way and i think if it wouldn't have been as good as it is i think a lot of people have been pissed i think it will be ratified pretty quickly and the ai thing i think is finally locked down for them so i feel like if they're doing that for writers though will they do it for actors will these guidelines be something that will work moving forward what do we think about this sabrina do you think this is a big win for wga or do you think that some of the uh, the talent will actually be unhappy that this contract is coming through um, I mean, I'm sure there's always going to be people who are disappointed. Absolutely. Uh, I think that it is still kind of vague ish. Uh, there's a, a lot of things that I do. Agree show us with the numbers. That, that, yeah, show us the numbers, right? Um, which is part of the problem because they don't show us the numbers from the streaming services and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it seems to be worded well. It seems like it's checking a lot of the boxes. You know, there are some things that that aren't uh addressed uh as well as they could be in my opinion but you know there's it's this is a very preliminary public uh information you know what i mean like you don't we don't i don't i don't we don't have all of the details but uh not the nitty-gritty stuff that's for sure this is uh, like the bullet points but it goes out to the members and they vote and so like we'll we'll see how they feel I don't, I can't, I'm, I'm not in the WGA, I'm in SAG. I, I, I hope that this is good enough for everyone. And I hope that everyone's happy. And I hope that, uh, you know, we can uh, move on and uh, start working fucking again. Before I go to Goldie, I'm going to go to Mike fast. I know Goldie's like ready to jump in there. I can feel it, but. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a better opinion than I do, guaranteed. But Mike, what do you think about this? <laughs> this is this monumental wins that justify five months of striking, or should they have settled earlier? Based on what you're saying, those wins sound pretty freaking monumental, which is why, like, it sounds like if if this is what ends up being signed. That's the AMPTP giving up a lot of control, which is different than doing something like, okay, cranking up the numbers, giving a, a little bit more residuals in the streaming universe. Like that would be incremental gain. Giving up control, like saying, okay, the writers get to determine whether or not they're going to use AI as a tool. Like that seems like kind of a watershed moment. And for that reason, just because I think big organizations, that is a big, game. Have, big organizations have a problem giving away that amount of control. Obviously, I don't know what the inside of the room looked like, um, but I, it smells a little off to me. I'm wondering where the, where they're going to make their cut. What's the, what's the sneaky backdoor that they've developed to, so that they don't have to, you know, give up their, uh, their share of the well, I goods, think, which up to this point well, I think have, they, have been unjustifiable. 
Like they wanted to have like a cut of the profit. So like less than 1% of the profits that went out the window percentage base of sharing pretty much your profits from the producers and the studios, I should say. Yeah. But this went out the window. They did this 90 day window. So I think overall they're saving money. They're not giving that percentage out from their gross income. And this, if it's 20% of the views, like how long does that last? 90 also, days. Like, where are you giving us that information? Like that, it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of things that seem like a little bit suspect to me. Like I, there are great things, but there are also things that are suspect. And also, there's, Goldie, there's, you can probably answer this question the best. Well, Goldie, this is your fresh. What do you think? This year fresh. I don't know if what I'm about to say is correct, but my takeaway from what you babbled out there, Brian, was <laughs> um, no, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was. A it's lot. a lot. Under, yeah, but my understanding of this is really only one thing, and it's the biggest win for the WGA. If what you said and how I read it is correct, what we're introducing to the guild is transparency mm -hmm. and, and that well but it's more than we've ever had and so yeah. i think that is the beginning of a trend where hey you're talking about viewership and releasing numbers on viewership based on a project success uh, on that data it's really important i mean if you know it, the, to incentivize our creatives by not just showing them hey we made a bunch of money on it i'll never i did a movie called into the blue jessica alba Great time. I was in the Bahamas. I thought we were making a great movie. I'll never forget it. This producer came with a guy from Brooklyn, really funny guy. And I said, hey, how was dailies? I don't know if you guys know what that is, but back in the day when we shot on film, the, the day's work from the day before would be projected at lunch for the higher ups. They'd watch what was filmed and they call it dailies. We don't really do that anymore, unfortunately. But back in the day we did. And he came up, he says, Goldie, Goldie, I saw the fucking dailies from yesterday. I said, how'd they look? He says, Jessica Alba underwater is like fucking porno. I'm going to be a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, is that, you know, everyone comes at this process with a different perspective. But the bottom line is money is being exchanged. Money is being made and it's being made for whatever the reason it is, whether it's a beautiful actress underwater or a really talented actor with one left foot. And the reality is, is that, the transparency of those transactions is what we as employees need to have access to, not only to better our craft and to motivate us to do better and to do the best work we can. It allows us to feel like, you know what? You know, when 20th Century Fox claimed that Avatar, the first one, was a complete loss financially, yet every bathroom on that fucking lot has marble countertops. You know, it's not a loss. <laughs> People made fucking money. And that magic number that is out there and the accounting that's used to determine what's what and who's what and how they made it, it really does need to be apparently available to all of us because then we know what we're doing and why. And I think this is the very beginning of some transparency, some data that is necessary for us as employees. You know you did a good job, not just because you got a paycheck or because you got a residual, but because the audience is responding to it. And that's really important. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've been Absolutely. holding back on that for so long. And you're right. Even if it's like we're only giving it to the committee, we're going to be very select who gets to see the numbers. The fact that it's coming out there, at least the higher ups have an idea of what's happening. And there is some like verbiage, apparently, where they can leak down some things, but it's not. I think you have to be working on the production and then they can tell you some of it. But they haven't really dove into what the finer details of that is. So we'll find out probably more when it's ratified and put out there. Maybe we can get a, a hand in the contract. But it is it's a good stepping stone forward. And it 
will help people. And that the money's there. They're, they found a way to do residuals somehow for 90 days at least. And it's not like that nowadays where people are getting paychecks when they worked like 10 years ago, you know, for like two cents. Like those days are going to be gone. Um, and I think Goldie, I think we were saying before with residuals, I think they are just trying to get rid of that. It was a different day back in 1960s. I think that it is hard for actors to have a steady paycheck and to keep working to just be a regular working actor, especially the ones that are hot between five productions in a week. It's tough. It's very tough. And for the residuals to be there, it helps those people keep the lights on. But as a producer, as a studio head, I see them being like, why are we paying okay. people for work that's done? Okay, but now let me let me bring up that same algorithm you just created. So let's mm -hmm. just say you did a day on Ant-Man as an example. Yeah, as an example. <laughs> as an example. And you Shocking. did that. Amazing, isn't it? I, I've known people who have worked on that. So brilliant. The point, the point, very handsome people, too, Bri. Anyway, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you know, if you like yeah. that sort of thing. The point is, um, let's just, for argument's sake, you got paid a grand for the day, and all in, after residuals, they're all said and done, you walked away with 5500 bucks for a day's work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cool. Now, let me ask you a question. Yeah, pretty fucking good. Why don't they just pay you 5500 bucks and move you along your way? And that's yeah. the future. The future is going to be properly paying people for the work that they do so that they themselves can hang their hat on it, build a budget, live their life, buy a house, raise a family. And the studios themselves can say, here's our labor costs. Because this particular system is a fucking mess. And that's what these strikes are about. But that's what the AMPTP is relying on. They're relying on the fact that they need to somehow adapt and evolve towards the future so that we have an industry to work in. We're privileged to do it. We're going to continue to do it. But the bottom line is, is that we have to evolve. What was is not going to be the way it is. The way it is now, again, it's, this is the death rattle, guys. I'm sorry to Maybe. say, I'm not saying I, I agree with it. I'm saying we have to assimilate and evolve. That's it. What was is, uh, okay, so you have like actors that are not working all the time. Like they're, the, the the people who are wealthy and rich and like making a shit ton of fucking money is like 2%. 1%. Of that, you know what I mean? 1.5. 1%. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Well, but I'm saying like 2% is probably wealthy. They live good lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this, but everyone else is right. fucking living in a fucking two bedroom apartment in on Laurel Canyon. You know what I mean? People who have, fucking been guest stars, regulars on shows, people who have had their own shows like for fucking five seasons, but then like, did, you know what I mean? Like there's no, like there was a time where you would do a job and like you, like let's say you were on, I don't know, Friends, but uh, they're all obviously bazillionaires, but you know, like still today to this day, a friend of mine, day player parts, couple, couple day player roles, still getting ginormous checks for in residuals for that show because the That's network right. is making so much money. I'm not so I get all that. that. I'm not disagreeing that that's not, that's fucking awesome. It's totally awesome. I'm no, but the point is, is like forward. now you're on the streaming service and your, your image is getting used a billion times a day. They don't give you any of that information and you're not getting any money for it. Like you know what the answer would be? You know what the what? answer is going to be? I mean, I'm, I'm no, sorry. No, I, I wish I did. No, but I'm not trying to be a complete douchebag, even though I know I no, am. No, you're not I'm being a douchebag. You're amazing. I'm I love you. I love you. I'm going to take care. But the thing is, the bottom line is, is that that's what was. And so, you know, when I first started in the business, I remember there was a grip who came up to me. It was like 3 o'clock in the morning on a Friday night in the rain. I use that example all the time. Those were a lot of nights. We've all done those. The is the ladder 49? Are we talking about ladder 49? Yeah, whatever. Point is, 
it was miserable. And I remember one of the key grips or some fucker, you know, old fucking douchebag was like, ah, this is a fucking nightmare. They used to pay us a premium for this. They had night premiums. Yeah, you don't fucking have nothing, kid. I think I know and that I, guy. Yeah, we all do. He <laughs> farts a lot. Anyway, the point is, you know, I wasn't around for some of those benefits. I mean, there was a time in our industry where, you know, the key grip wore a fucking suit and tie. There was a time in our industry where if you worked on the weekends, they paid you extra. There was yeah, a time exactly. where if you went after midnight, they took care of you. Those are all things that are gone. Things should get better, not fucking worse, though. I agree with that. There should be protections for your health, your well, your well-being, and your finances. What I'm trying to get at is I'm not saying I like it. I'm saying that I see a trend moving forward. This is a privileged position. You and I and the rest of us that have been there when we had night premiums, we can hold on to that all we fucking want. But I'll tell you, the 12-year-old kid right now that wants to be in Marvel movies, in five years' time, when there's no such thing as residuals, he's never had one. He never knew how great they were. And they said, we're going to give you 5500 bucks to jump from that green screen to this green screen and say, And they'll be thrilled. He'll fucking do it. And he'll take it. Of and course. The future generations. And the reality is, is the MPT is absolutely fair. banking on that. It's not they fair just based keep on fucking us more and more yeah. and but more. It's not, but it's not fair with the night premiums that I never enjoyed. It's the evolution of business and it's the evolution. If, if more care is but put But why does the evolution of business go against the working person as opposed to going against the corporation? But it's not going against the working person if there's going to be protections in place for people driving home late and not driving it and falling asleep at the wheel. Oh, so they you can give get a hotel room. if you want, and then we'll call you and, like, and then we'll fire you because you asked for a hotel. There's also that stuff happens. Fucking but stupid. Also, they should just take quick, care quick of people question. those late days. The grips are uh, not set builders. They are they uh, help with lighting. Basically, they set up flags and and uh, makes manipulate the light, the sun, and like do you know yeah, they they manipulate the light. Hundred percent manipulate the light is what they do. Sort of the Home Depot of all filmmaking sets. But the thing yeah. is, is that yeah, yeah. And, but what I'm trying to say, Sabrina, is I'm not in agreement with what I'm saying. I don't like what I'm saying. I'm not trying to say I agree that we should get rid of residuals. I'm saying that it's going to happen, and we have to be. Prepared I know that. For it. We have to be prepared for it, and we have to realize that when we're dead and gone, I mean, they're burying me in the side, a coffin the size of a piano. We know that. When that happens. There's not going to be a lot of people. I hate you so much. Uh, I hate me too, obviously. But the point is, <laughs> there's not a lot of people that are going to be giving a shit about what once was. They're going to care about what is now. And what is now will always be a decent paycheck for a privileged position. And they can we on it and bank on it. That's the way it's going to be. But a, a, decent, a decent paycheck for a job that you book. As an actor, the most middle-of-the-road actors book maybe 10 jobs a year. How are you supposed to live your life on that? business. That's not their worry. Their worry is I need someone to come in and hit the mark, say the line. I'm going to give them 5,500 bucks for the day. You do that 10 times a year. You made $55,000. No one's giving you $5,500. No one's giving you $5,500. You're talking about the future. I'm talking about the future where they pay you properly for the job that you do. And then residuals don't have to be factored in. I miss her. That's I thought you were talking like yeah, yeah. when you no, said the fifty five hundred dollars, I, I thought could, I thought that you were no, I thought no, they were saying for like a no, week of work or whatever, which is what no. you get as an actor, like you get fifty five hundred dollars for a week, like no, let's say if you did a part. No. no you're, you're saying a day. So they're gonna upgrade, they're gonna give you more money initially. Up front. Yeah. And then not nothing on the back end. Correct. That's I can see that going that way because that's yeah, getting their goalie. Okay. 
I'm sorry, I just to, to stop, and then you guys can just yell. No, no, you're good. The thing, the thing is, Brian's going to get really excited about the next segment. I fucking can't wait. Oh, no. Um, oh, fuck, it's exciting. Uh, the, thing is, the thing is, is that it's about once what, what once was, which we're death-rattling holding on to, right? Right now, they pay you a daily rate, which is based on a residual income that really isn't there right. anymore. Right, exactly. So it doesn't fun. exist. Yeah. You're getting the exactly correct. The evolution will be and 100%. We're going to pay you appropriately for the job you're doing today, and you're going to walk away. We're going to see you fucking again. You're not getting any more money, but you're going to get Game paid over. right, for, right. And then you can hang your hat on it. They can hang on their hang their hat on the the labor costs. Life moves on. We're still privileged. We still who makes fifty five hundred bucks a day to say you want prize? Nobody. It's great. It's a great fucking job. You have to have talent. You have to skill. It's who you know. You have to get in there. There's a million reasons why it's a difficult business to be a part of, and it should be. Not everyone can do it. Otherwise, everyone would. All that bullshit. But the reality is they need to start paying us now for the work no. we're doing now and stop worrying about this residual bullshit, which is convoluting the entire process, fucking with our pensions, fucking with our everything. It's got to go away. We're not there yet. This negotiation is one step of many to get there. And yeah. AI right now is a sticking point, which is important because that's going to be moving forward. We need to focus on that. And I think ultimately there's going to be concessions made. The strike's going to end. My, my prediction is three to five weeks from now. We'll be back to work and we'll be back to work yeah. reluctantly. I don't think we're going to all get the deal that we want, but I think it's a step in the right direction. I think if transparency can be introduced in the screen actors Guild negotiations, it's going to help everybody. It'll be huge. And, and Milton was putting something out there too, saying that okay. AI scripts are out there. But the one thing about the WGA thing says they can't just use uh -huh. AI scripts. Now that's the one thing they actually won there being like, it has to be, they can use material created by AI, but it's, it can't be the source of things. That's the big win for WGA. But yeah, I, I think you're right, Goldie. I think probably like four to five weeks. I think the fact is when they get back to the table, that's a week of negotiations. Hopefully it does come next week. Staying after still said that don't, don't believe that yet. They might, make them sit a second now writers can get back start writing scripts start getting stuff ready productions and kind of start getting ready and when they need actors back they can finally figure this out settle it and then get people back to work which would be huge for the industry and the residuals are a big thing for actors still too goldie i don't know we'll see what they do with this hopefully they start paying people better that's the biggest thing that's why these increases have been so big over every year like well 11 percent and six and then five because they want to get up to a better paying job so people can have a working living and actually be able to pay their bills and hopefully in the future they can do that even if it means the death of residuals or i hope that means that you get paid appropriately for what you do because the producer and the studios they don't they don't want to keep paying the residuals they don't want that anymore they want that done so i don't know we'll see it's, it's a weird time but that's the wga contract that's out there right everybody they're gonna ratify it it's gonna be all done pretty soon and then the actors gotta settle and then we can get back to work and your shows can come back but expect some delays because that's what happens after a strike this long Anyways, everybody, thank you so much for being here on Cruise Control. As always, happy to have you here. Happy Wednesday. Happy Hump Day. It's been a great program. Uh, as always, just love having you. People in the chat, thank you for coming back, Milton. Dracula, thank you. Appreciate the people Colossus out there joining Rex. us. Colossus Rex, thank you so much. Mike Casey. Lexi. Ryan, Lexi, thank you for being Lexi here. GR, OG GR. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. K-Pro. Everybody. I knew, I, knew, I knew you were in there oh, somewhere. Get in there. Mike Casey, thank you. I can see why they call you Goldie. Uh, you, you, Solid gold, baby. Solid, Solid gold. gold. Uh, thanks, Brian. Thanks, Sabrina. Thanks, everybody in the chat. We love having you with us. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, you guys man. appreciate it. Thanks, David. Thanks, uh, thanks, Goldie, for being here. Please you got, come back again. You can check out his podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can see it on Spotify. Listen to it on Spotify. It's all over the place. Goldie, tell people about your podcast a little bit before we get out of yeah, here. Let's get a minute. 
Well, we do it naked, uh, which goes in line with that. <laughs> nice. Um, I, it's a brief story. I'll say it as quick as I can. I'm a, I'm a, a, a failed child actor, a writer, producer, director, douchebag. I failed you. You have an Emmy nomination, bro. Okay. Look at me now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, not so long ago, I went to go eat at a restaurant that specializes in clam chowder. And uh, I was served by what I thought was for sure an insurrectionist guy his baseball cap on backwards, covered in tattoos, sort of had a bit of a swagger and an attitude. We started talking. He brought out a bowl of water for our dogs, which was eating with us. I said, hey, I can't be that bad of a guy. I'm paying the check, trying to make small talk. Actually, I was kind of nervous. He was threatening, kind of scary looking. Uh, and I said, so what's in the chowder? I mean, it's fucking delicious. I don't know. What am I going to say to a guy at a chowder restaurant? He goes, never had it. I don't know. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah. I, Good I, Frank I, impression. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, he says, uh, yeah, I've never had it. I said, what do you mean? Are you working in chowder barge? He says, yeah, I'm kosher. And I'm thinking to myself, even my dead relatives, Jewish relatives, are upset about my two tattoos. This guy's covered in them. And I asked more about him. Turns out his name is, is Frank Mink. He's a former neo-Nazi white supremacist skinhead. He was tried as an adult at 17 for attempted murder and kidnapping. He was a neo-Nazi skinhead. He's a terrible fucking human being. In fact, a lot of his life was used as inspiration for a movie called American History X. And uh, yeah. Oh, shit. So yeah, guess what? He denounced it all. There's a long story behind it. He got out of prison. He befriended an African-American gentleman who became a dear friend. He started working for a Jewish guy at an antique mall and realized Jews weren't so bad. He had a schwachstick on the side of his neck. He was one of the first people in America to get a tattoo removed. And uh, he spent his entire life speaking against hate and racism, an amazing human being. But the best part of the story and why I got involved is that after a talk one year at Syracuse University, I believe that's how the story goes, a rabbi came up to him and said, that was a very interesting conversation about your past. You know, it's impressive to hear that from a Jew. He says, excuse me, you heard about my past. I'm not a Jew. He said, oh, you're a Jew. Did a DNA test. He's a Jew. And uh, his life is amazing. He is a bona fide kosher Jew, former neo-Nazi white supremacist skinhead. And uh, we have an amazing podcast called The Frank Mead Show. And uh, we try to update as much as we can. He's around the country all the time doing speaking engagements. So we're not as consistent as we'd like to be. But I encourage everyone to come check it out. The conversations are amazing. We recently had a guest named Daryl Davis, who is a uh, amazing episode. Yeah, yeah, he's an uh, African American jazz musician who befriends the KKK and gets them to uh, to leave the KKK. It's unbelievable. It's, yeah. It really is one of the most interesting uh, podcasts I've ever listened to. Is that episode? It's, it's spectacular. Yeah, really, really good. Uh, it's it's a very spectacular. I'm a complete pussy, and I'm not an activist. But through Frank, <laughs> I've uh, I've really learned a lot. He's a cop watcher. He's uh, He's an amazing human being, and he deserves the opportunity to repent for what he did and to have some amends. And that's what his show is about. I'm kind of the co-host. We have some fun with him. He's got a great sense of humor, and the stories are compelling and amazing, and that's why I'm a part of it. So thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for letting me mention that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. Thank you for being here, Goldie. Everyone check it out. It's fantastic. You're going to love it. I get, Goldie's saying the great, great stories, great conversations, and you're just going to have a fun time. And I mean, this guy right here, everybody, right? This guy right here. <laughs> you can say, awesome. Thank you for being here on Cruise Control. Appreciate you as always. Hope to have you back sometime, Goldie. Thank you for take, taking right. time out of your day for us. Talk about some movies. Right. So it's great. But cool. anyways, everybody out there, thank you so much for being here. Please like and subscribe. Join our Patreon if you can. 
And as always, everybody, tell your friends, your family, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins, your nephews, your grandmas, your grandpas, your great, 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 great grandmas, and your grandpas who have children that are awesome because they subscribe to Cruise Control, but their kids didn't subscribe to Cruise Control, so they're assholes. So tell them to subscribe to Cruise Control, and their skunks, and their birds, and their cheese, and their cheese, and their fucking cheese, and their squirrels, and their bats, and their cats, and their oh my. All those motherfuckers haven't subscribed, tell them to subscribe right now because if they don't, those chinchillas will get crazy and they'll bite my fucking fingers off. Pay me my dick next, who knows? Subscribe to Cruise Control. Anyways, everybody, wow. thank you so much for being here. As always, have a great night. Happy fucking hump day. And we'll see you back on Friday for our Drunk Friday edition. Anyways, everybody, as I always say, have a great night and see ya.